Today marks the conclusion of our sermon series on the many tables Jesus had meals at. This week, I have recalled the meals we have accompanied Jesus to and read up on some of the meals um, we didn't cover from the Gospel of Luke. In my study, I was profoundly struck how all the meals serve as a course, so to speak, in a much grander feast. Today's story finds us between two courses of this multi-course meal. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear now God's word for us today. Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. <clears throat> yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. 
they were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Yet for all their joy, they were still disbelieving and wondering. And he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I see I am, and see I am sending you what my father promised, so that here in the city, until you have been clothed with power from on high. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today's story from Luke takes us to two different meals. These meals are different than the others in our series as these meals take place after the death and resurrection of our Lord. The risen Christ spends Easter Day eating, and his followers, his followers celebrate not at an empty tomb, but around a table. Now, we have followed Jesus to many kinds of dinner parties these past six weeks. But today, we find Jesus partaking in a two-course meal. The first course is bread. Although Jesus interpreted things about himself from the scriptures when he traveled the Emmaus Road with Cleopas and the other follower, they did not recognize him until they gathered around a meal table, and he took bread, blessed, and broke it. Then scriptures tell us their eyes were opened. Let us now turn our thoughts to two other meals. First, an earlier course in the feasting, a meal that we didn't cover in our series yet partake in each week. In terms of meals, one might call this the appetizer. Jesus serves this course in an upper room on the night of his arrest. Sitting with his disciples, he took, blessed, broke, and shared the bread, referring to it as his body and to the cup that was shared as his blood. It was the remembrance of this simple act and to who they were to remember through it that opened the eyes of Cleopas 
and his companion. Connecting the dots between the meal in the upper room and the celebration of the Lord's Supper in Emmaus, we next find Jesus in the midst of Cleopas, his travel companion, and the eleven and their companions. Because they were confused and terrified by what they were seeing, Jesus shows them his hands and his feet and invites his friends to touch him. While filled with joy but still in disbelief, Jesus changes the focus to food when he asks them if they have anything to eat. So far on that first Easter, the risen Lord had bread in Emmaus, and now for the next course, he is having fish in Jerusalem. Bread and fish, loaves and fishes. Jesus served the first of this pairing in another meal story, not covered in our series. In this meal story, Jesus blessed bread and fish and gave them to the multitude. There was bread and fish in divine abundance, and everyone ate their fill. The meal for the 5,000 in the Gospel of Luke was a way by which Jesus becomes known as the Messiah. This meal served as a foretaste to the feast Jesus will serve when the reign of God comes in all of its fullness. Surrounded by all creation, by people of every time and of every place, Jesus will serve that great and promised feast. The final course of the resurrection feast will be served at the great wedding banquet. So what about all those dinner parties that we followed Jesus to these last six weeks? Could Jesus' eating and drinking with the poor, the outcast, and the despised also be courses in this resurrection feast? Levi, the outcast woman from the city, and Zacchaeus were certainly raised to new life at those dinners. And because new life happened at those tables, we can believe the risen Christ is present and bringing new life to every table at which the hungry are filled, the despised are loved, and the outcast are welcomed. Where Jesus made himself known in Emmaus with the breaking of bread, he reveals himself through his word at a meal of fish in Jerusalem with the disciples and followers. We cannot separate Christ known to us around the table from Christ known to us through his word. The word becomes embodied in the meal. If we have learned anything this past six weeks, I hope that we now understand that Jesus raises people to new life around the table. Only time and space separate all the courses in Jesus' resurrection feast, whether it is the family dinner, the business lunch, the shared meal at a soup kitchen, or supper with a lonely neighbor. Jesus opens our eyes in scripture and shows us that overcoming time and space is not a problem for our risen Savior. He shows us he can be in Emmaus for the bread course, Jerusalem for the fish, 
and every table around which people testifying to Christ's sacrificial love, grace, and forgiveness. In 1602, Italian artist Caravaggio painted a rendering of the meal at Emmaus. His portrayal of Christ is unusual for his time in that Christ had no beard, perhaps representing the disciples' failure initially to recognize him. The picture captures the dramatic moment of recognition. One man is in the act of pushing his chair away in astonishment. But there's also a sense in which he's pushing the chair out towards us. It's as if he's creating space for us to move into the picture. Jesus' arms are extended notionally in blessing, but in fact, inviting us forward. As if that weren't enough, a basket of fruit is teetering on the edge of the table, demanding that we leap into the picture to catch it. Caravaggio is trying to lure us into the scene, to the table, as active participants. So how do we participate? I hope that by Jesus' example, we have learned that there is no better place to share the good news of Jesus Christ than at the table. So to those who don't know him, invite them. To those who are marginalized, outcast, lonely, or forgotten, invite them. To those who don't know the hope, the peace, the love and forgiveness that only Jesus Christ can give, invite them. Invite them to sit down and be set free. Invite them to come to the table. Amen.